you know, I have, I have the freedom and the flexibility to kind of lay down something and then maybe let it marinate and then go back and then tweak it. And then, um, you know, maybe it's like 90% dialed in and I'm ready to show, but then, you know, maybe I find inspiration by listening to another song or a song I haven't heard in years. And I'm like, you know, that's kind of a cool idea. What if I apply that? And then I can trial and error. And so I really find the recording slash post-production process to be really rewarding and really creative, actually. Welcome back to Knowledge Brew Supreme, the show that percolates your creativity. I'm your host, Dr. John Chansey, back and better than ever. My guest on today's show is a man who wears many hats when it comes to creation. He is a musician, a videographer, and also a fellow gorilla corn. And more on that later, that last one. My guest today is the one, the only, Chris Warren, straight out of Los Angeles. Chris Warren is a cinematographer based out of LA, California, where he's done commercial work for companies like Chevrolet and Coca-Cola. Uh, some of his uh, work in cinematography also includes filming fitness content with BJ Gadore and his at-work, uh, at-home workout program called The Daily BJ. But last but not least, Chris is an accomplished musician. His band, Neutral Row, recently released a full-length album called The Infinite Struggle. Uh, Chris played all of the instruments on this album while Jacob Kinberg covered the vocals. How this man finds time to sleep and to come on my podcast is a mystery to me. So welcome to Knowledge Brew Supreme, Chris. How are you doing today? Doing quite well. Well Well-rested and uh, ready for a great conversation. Thanks for coming on the show, Chris. Again, um, I want to start by talking about your music. I mean, there's a lot of places we could go with to start, but you recently released a full-length rock album with your band, Neutral Row, and I think it's a great album. I highly recommend to anyone listening right now. We'll put some show, we'll put uh, a link to it in the show notes. It's a heavy rock album that's great for lifting weights, for example. Uh, So what I want to know is kind of, how did this how did this album, The Infinite Struggle, come to be? Because I, I heard a little bit about the origin of this album on another podcast that you've done recently. Um, this didn't necessarily happen overnight. You worked on this album. You're out in L.A. Your, your singer is based out in Nashville, correct? Correct. Yeah. Um, basically, uh, so uh, the band started just after high school, actually out in Minnesota. Um, that's where I met my bandmates while I was a cart attendant at Target. And uh, that's actually where the name comes from uh, in the in the parking lot. So this was a two entrance Target. There was like the red, uh, the green side and the blue side. And the parking lot had 15 rows and they were like the single lane rows to where cars can only drive one direction down. And so we would dedicate seven rows to each entrance. And then there would be the neutral row to where the carts could go to either side which other side needed them and so that's actually the the origin of the name and then um then eventually like you know we were all graduating uh high school finishing it up and, and going into college and then um jake 
Jake was actually moving to California to go to college. And then shortly after, uh, my family was, uh, for job reasons, we were going to California. So then once we were both out here and in college, we got the band started up again, uh, found some local musicians out here. And uh, then once we graduated college, we kind of went into our careers and the band kind of took a step back. And then um, Jake and I, like we still collaborated in the film industry because him and I both work in this business. And uh, we've always talked about wanting to do a, a full length neutral album, like just, you know, do it as best as we can. And just to have that. And uh, 2019 rolled around. I started toying with that idea, started putting it together. The technology was definitely there for up to par to where I felt that I can make a professional sounding album um, as best as I could and talk to Jake about it. And then, um, yeah, man, we just uh, we were aiming to have it ready by 2020. And then, uh, then you know, once 2020 was rolling around, then the pandemic hit that kind of delayed it a little bit more. It was ready to be released at the end of 2020. We were going to go for 2021. But then we decided, hey, you know, let's take one more step back and really just analyze everything, making sure it's what we want to release. And then once 2021 started, uh, you know, uh, things started opening up, both Jake and I got busy. And so then the release just took the whole year for us to get through that album just to analyze everything. And we were finally able to release it in uh beginning of this month or sorry january 2022 so fantastic and i think it's worth the wait it turned out great i i am one of those sort of believers and you probably can correct me on this because you're a proper musician i've just i've been under the belief that rock music is more or less kind of died off and and so many and you know it's been replaced by all these other kind of subgenres. but to really hear a good like kind of heavy rock music there's just I don't know. It kind of reaffirmed my faith in the genre of music a little bit. So I was I was really happy and, and pleasantly surprised by by the results of this. So you said this has kind of been a culmination project all the way going back to high school. You mm-hmm. put out this album during the pandemic, and I you know I I know you're it's it's still kind of fresh. But are you? Is there any works of of a follow up? Are you already making new music together, or is this kind of all right? We got that project. We we wanted to do this. Now let's kind of uh, you know, let's see what happens next and, and who knows? Well, uh, that, that's a great question. Actually, I have uh, two more albums written uh, with 10 tracks each. Oh, wow. Um, it's just all the, the music that has um, that has that I've written since since uh, those first initial songs, because because the songs that are that are released right now. That was that was our main set list back in like uh, 08, 09, 2010, um, 2011, when we were really kind of at our height of, of being a band. And then um, then when we were all focusing on our careers and, you know, going that way, all all the, these next two albums that I'm planning on working on right now, I'm in pre-production for um, all the all that music that I've written since. That's what's going to be on the, these next couple albums. So it's just. 100% original material, never been played live before yet, but uh, we're just planning on recording it and getting it out there, you know? Oh, I cannot wait to hear. this. Is, that's great news to hear. Wonderful. So one of the things I thought that really, you know, blew me away about The Infinite Struggle, and especially getting to hear a little bit about it ahead of time, 
you know, you went on BJ's podcast and talked about it. And what really stood out to me is you played all the instruments on this album. And it, I mean, you, you're, I mean, it's, you can tell you're a very talented musician. Uh, you have an ear for this stuff. So what I want to know is though, what instrument do you feel like you thrive the most with? Which one of those do you feel like you can be the most creative? Um, it will definitely be, be the guitar, the electric guitar. Um, that's, that's my primary instrument. And uh, that's, I mean, that all, all the songs were, were guitar based songs, you know, they're all written that first. And um, that's actually kind of how our, uh, our creative process is. Um, the way Jake and I work is, is he likes to work within the confines of me sending him a song. It's like, you know, I, I'll tell him kind of like the, the rough structure, like what I think the intro and verse and chorus is, send that to him and he writes the lyrics to that. And so I don't have any input on the lyrics. He has a little input on the music. Like maybe, you know, he'll, he'll say like, maybe we should do a different chorus. Maybe we should, uh, you know, do something different in the verse here. But um, like, and we work well like that, but, um, but everything is guitar based first, um, guitar based first. And then, and then the drums and bass eventually will supplement that. And then maybe that's where things will change to where it's like, all right, this is too much guitar. Maybe that should like lay off a little bit and we just do drums and bass here. And uh, um, when, when writing or recording this album, it's all essentially me. So I'm just, I really have to kind of split myself into different uh, personas kind of to be, if, if it's where I'm thinking, all right, if I'm, a dr- if I'm drumming here, what's the focus of this part? How heavy should this fill be? you know, like with like bass, like, should I do something a little accent here or a slide? So it's, it's really interesting trying to be three musicians in one. <laughs> That's really interesting to hear. Yeah. I never thought of it like that being, being multiple, multiple musicians, you know, at once. Um, mm-hmm. So what I want to know, you know, in relation to your creative process, you've talked about you're already in pre-production with these other two albums your kind of your past your past post-production with the infinite struggle it's released and at this point you know you're you're getting feedback probably or you're just trying to get it out there to more more years so at which stage kind of within the musical production composition which do you feel at what stage do you feel the most creative you know it's i actually feel uh i find the most creativity uh to be the most creative is uh actually in, in the post-production, the recording process, because I can, rec- I can create something while I'm playing and kind of stitch it together. And, you know, maybe I record a voice memo on my phone of the riff and stuff like that. But when I'm actually laying it down, since it's me and I have all the tech- technology myself, like my, my uh, logic on my, on my Apple computer, um, you know, I have, I have the freedom and the flexibility to kind of lay down something and then maybe let it marinate and then go back and then tweak it. And then, uh, you know, maybe it's like 90% dialed in and I'm ready to show, but then, you know, maybe I find inspiration by listening to another song or a song I haven't heard in years. And I'm like, you know, that's kind of a cool idea. What if I apply that? And then I can trial and error. And so I really find the recording slash post-production process to be really rewarding and really creative actually. That's interesting. So it- I don't know if this is the best sort of analogy for it, but it kind of sounds like you you're, you're, you called it like kind of 90% of the way 
the step before, you know, it kind of reminds me of the cake, but then you get it, you know, to this post-production, the recording part, then you're putting the icing on, then it just takes, it, it really ties everything together. Uh, yep. it's, it's a great finished product at that point. Uh, mm -hmm. Great for, great for musical consumption. Very cool. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, uh, I want to switch gears now and talk about your work in cinematography because you have a lot of experience with that as well under your belt. You know, I was just looking, uh, looking at your website. Again, I'm going to put that in the show notes as well. And, uh, you know, a lot of cool spots you've done over, over your time as, uh, you know, in filmmaking. So what I want to know again is how did you get into filmmaking? Um, I know you're, you're really into cinema. You're a cinema buff. So kind of what's your origin story with uh, getting into uh, cinema or getting into film or however you want to describe it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, was, I was that kid uh, growing up to where I would grab my parents' camcorder and make action figure films. Um, they weren't quite stop motion, but they were like just moving the action figure around with the hands and me and my friends, you know, doing voices and making stories like that. And then um, it was actually a couple movies in the mid nineties that really kind of blew my mind that I was like, man, that looks so cool. I, I want to learn how to do that. And they were uh, um, bad boys and the rock, those two oh, action oh. films and, 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 these, and believe it or not, I mean, they were both done by Michael Bay. And so, uh, I mean, yes. like just the action and his camera movements and, just the colors. And I mean, if, if you go back and watch The Rock, I mean, it's a colorful film. It's got some like blues and some oranges and reds and greens. And it just, it has a cool look to it. And I mean, The, the Rock is in my top three all-time favorite films. And it's just, it's just so cool. And so, so those inspired me to like really instilled it in my brain of like, all right, how do I do that? So at a very young age, I knew I wanted to make movies. I just didn't know in what capacity. And I really didn't find out what a cinematographer was until, uh, until I was like applying for film schools and kind of like, all right, so that's, that's an actual job, a cameraman. How do I do that? And then uh, just tried to pursue that path. Very cool. So I, kind of, I have a couple of follow-up questions. My first one, are you excited about Ambulance, the new uh, Michael Bay yes. movie? Yes, that trailer looks awesome. And uh, I like Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal. And I like that new guy that uh, he was he was Morpheus in the new Matrix. BJ and I, we can't, uh, Abdul, can't ever say his name. Abdul Mateen the second. I'm going to I probably yeah. butchered it. I just have yeah. Google up right now. That's the only reason I can even it's not fresh off the dome, I promise you. But yes, that trailer looked amazing. Jake Gyllenhaal looks great. I mean, mm -hmm. the, I was hooked right away. I'm just, I am dying to see a great action flick uh, in the theaters again. The last probably really good one I think I saw was Fast 9. I'm a huge Fast fan uh, of mm -hmm. that franchise. So uh, just anything Michael Bay-ish, you know, Fast and the Furious, kind of that sort of action flick, I'm, I'm all in on. So uh, that's really cool to hear you bring up, uh, hear, hear you bring up Michael Bay there. And, and interestingly enough too, I, before I, um, I went into academics for, for, for psychology, but I started off my first year of college. I went into to film school. We had a pretty nice little uh, film school at, uh, at a community college uh, here in Oklahoma city. And uh, you know, the, the problem with it was I really enjoyed it, but 
it was something I figured out personally that it was a, just a hobby for me. Like it was something I like to do on the weekends with my friends. Like we like to make short films, but it was, you know, I, I kind of made different choices along the way and thought I'd, you know, go, go into the route of teaching eventually. But there was a moment in time where I was like, this stuff is so cool. And I love just kind of being in the thick of it and being behind a camera. So I can, I can at least, uh, I can empathize to some degree with that, with that pull that you sort of talked about and seeing those movies that really, you know, just kind of pull you in, especially Bad Boys and The Rock. Oh, yeah. Ooh, ooh, you can't go wrong with either one of those. So good. <laughs> so I got to mention when I was talking about, you know, you've had a pretty, a pretty good broad career when it comes to working in cinematography, you've worked it with, with commercials, uh, you know, with Coca-Cola, Chevrolet, some big, some big names. Um, so what I want to know is how does your creative process differ when you're working on something like a commercial, uh, you know, maybe it's a corporate commercial versus if you're working on more of a like full length project, maybe it's a short film, maybe it's a full length film, whatever, but it's a little more, I guess, lengthy as opposed to a commercial. How do you prepare for each one of those? And then do you have a preference at this point as far as, you know, getting work? Yeah, um, definitely commercials versus uh, feature films or, or narratives. Um, it, it is a totally different creative process. Um, Usually on a commercial, you'll have uh, client and agency involvement, and there's a lot of specific rules on how their brands are. Um, like this, like you can only show the product like this. You know, you can only show it from this angle. Um, all the words have to be presented, and and so uh, just a lot of stipulations. So um, mostly, it's it's the director that's working with the client and agency on that. And in my case, it's just kind of um, just tr me trying to serve the director as best as I can. Um, we'll get like the storyboards and stuff like that and try to uh, try to get, get the project done in a, in a reasonable amount of time and uh, making sure that the agency's ha happy and that the client's happy. Um, whereas on a narrative film, it, like both are still telling a story except one is, and both are still products. Like we still need to, you know, one is selling an actual product and the other, you know, we want to make a movie to sell, you know, that's, that's the whole industry. And uh, I mean, there is art to it as well, but I mean, the goal is to try to make money. I mean, right. right. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, when, when you're on a narrative project, you can, you get a little more freedom. Um, you know, there's still our producers who are funding the film and so you still have to answer to them, but you get a little more, more freedom um, to be, be creative. You can kind of push the boundary a little bit. There are commercials that do that as well, but narrative, you can really, um, you know, it's more, it's more grounded, you know, try to tell that story. And, uh, but honestly, music videos, music videos are where you can, there are no rules. Like, you know, the rules, but you can break all the rules because, you can do what you want. You just got to make the artists look cool and have fun. You know, crazy lighting setups, crazy like little stories. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, that's, that's where I fall kind of like right in like the middle. But uh, I mean, commercials are always great. You just have to make every shot look very pretty. Features, you can be gritty. You can do what you want. You got to be more consistent. Um, but then, yeah, music videos are just all over the place, <laughs> whatever you want. 
So do you do you get a lot of work with working at, with music videos? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, it ranges um, sometimes like on like bigger, bigger stuff. Um, I, I won't uh, I won't be the cinematographer. I'll be a camera operator or uh, um, uh, or in the lighting department. Um, but uh, when I am shooting music videos, usually right now it's it's a lot of more of like the up and coming artists and stuff like that but i mean i've i've worked with uh the big names i've worked on a bieber video i've worked on a oh Billie, i worked on billy eilish bury a friend music video wow um, yeah like when i worked on that i was telling everyone i'm like yeah i worked on this billy eilish music video everyone's like who's that and then like three <laughs> months later she's yeah. playing coachella and like blows up yeah um <laughs> I've worked on Ed Sheeran's Thinking Out Loud music video. Got to meet him. He's a really nice dude. Oh my um, god! And then, uh, and then, yeah, just just a few others. Yeah. You know, so, well, so you're you're just kind of blowing my mind on a couple of fronts. Your your album makes me reaffirms my belief in rock music in general. And just hearing you, you know, working on these music videos, it's just re rekindling all these memories of watching, you know, MTV and VH1 as a kid growing up and loving music <laughs> videos. I kind of thought music videos just died when, when MTV died or stopped yeah. on MTV. So it's just, it's just something I don't think about a whole lot. So to hear you talk about that, I'm like, oh, well, yeah, there's that, there's still that, that's a thing. So cool. I'm going to have to check out a lot more of your work. I think that's, that's really awesome to hear. So you've talked about some really cool music videos you've worked on. You've worked with some like huge companies as well. So I'm just curious, do you have a dream collaboration, whether that's a band you want to do a music video with, or maybe a certain director, producer, actor, just someone you really want to work with or a group you want to work with? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would love to work with Christopher Nolan. Um, oh, I'm a huge, huge yeah. fan of his, all of his films. Um, I know, I know he's hit or miss lately because of like, you know, the sound and, you know, the, his latest film tenant some people were just like what for me i mean the first viewing i was like what but on the third viewing i was like all right this makes sense but i still love it just because i i just love how he's just pushing the boundaries on that stuff yes um yeah actor actor wise i would uh i would really love to work with nick cage um oh, man. i mean uh he's you know a lot of like he gets a bad rap for like taking like a lot of films you know like doing all these I don't even know what he's been in like the last 10 years, but I mean, if you go way back in his catalog, like raising Arizona um, adaptation, um, what else was he in? I mean, Con Air and the rock, you yeah. know, it's just like face off, you know, like there was, there were so many great Nick Cage films. And then now he's got another one coming out. Uh, I think in March it's called the, the unbearable weight of being like really talented or something, but yeah. it's, nick cage playing nick cage i'm like how meta and how cool is this so i mean he, yeah so he's he's definitely one i i, I just want to work with at some point all right so what we got to do is we got to get a uh, christopher nolan directed project where chris warren's the cinematographer and the star is nick cage i mean yeah it sounds I'm like cool to me awesome. let's do it <laughs> so that kind of segues into my next question is there any chance we're going to see sometime in the future, a full length feature by you, maybe directed by you, written by you, produced, however you want to go. I know you're into cinematography, but do you also want to get into other areas of filmmaking as well? 
Um, you know, if you asked me that in the start of my career, um, I, I didn't want to direct, uh, I, I, I did direct my student short films cause it was a requirement, but, um, I just wanted to set out to be a cinematographer and work with directors. Um, I still want to do that. However, uh, it's funny that you bring this question up cause there's actually a, a script in the process. Um, I have a writer buddy that I'm working with at this moment and, uh, uh, the first draft should be completed within the next month or so. But uh, yeah, if if all goes well, um, I'm going to try to uh, put a pitch deck together and try to raise funding for it. And I'll see what I can get. And, and if not, then, you know, I'll just go about it and do it myself. You know, that that so. was going to be my follow up question. Would you kind of do this the the neutral row way? Would you would yeah. you take this and just work on it? You know, maybe it. Maybe it takes you a while, but you just get it done when you can or however you can. But bam, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome whenever you get it out there. Yeah, I mean that that's that's what I'm hoping. I mean, you know, uh, when when I was in film school, uh, I I really admired Robert Rodriguez and his oh, approach. Yes. You know, like yes. like El Mariachi and you know, uh, um, what was it, Desperado, right? Yeah, uh, Desperado. Yeah. Then then uh, the third one was uh, oh, Once Upon a Time in, Me in Mexico with Johnny. Rock, yep. He loses his eyes. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. And I mean, oh, uh, still God. like, you know, Robert Rodriguez, he's always been that. Uh, he has a book out. I mean, it's, geez, it's been, I think, almost 20 years now, his book, but Rebel Without a Cause, I yes. believe, is what it was called. But, um, you know, just talks about how he, he made his first feature for twenty thousand dollars and we're talking almost 25 years ago you know we're still shooting on a film and i mean geez I, if if i had you know that kind of a budget which is super low to make a feature i i mean you know again with with what i know i think i can make that work and I, yeah it's, it's just a really inspiring book and so uh so if i have to do it myself i will but that's not the initial plan <laughs> Something tells me I don't think you're going to have a, a hard time getting people to support you. You've got a you've got a really good background and in, in, in so many different ways related to film and, and and creativity. I just feel like people are going to hear about this project and want to throw money at you. So the more we put that vibe out into the universe, I think it'll happen. So uh, cool. I appreciate I that. <laughs> so I want to switch gears again uh, and talk about you know fitness, another area. This is an area you and I have in common to some degree because we are both a part of the same fitness program. It's called the Gorilla Corn Gains Program by BJ Godore. It's like his, uh, his personal program, the workouts that he does. Uh, he runs it through the Daily BJ, his website, his app. Um, this program is what he calls for, you know, quote unquote, for rare beasts, uh, as BJ would say. And this is really how I came to know you. I, I uh, you know, heard about you as a member of the site. And also, BJ just put you over big time when you, you know, when he talked about the videos you helped him work with. And then eventually, you know, I think going on full time with him uh, and working with him and putting together content. And so, you know, that's how I came to know you. I think you have a great eye for cinematography, but also like just in general for capturing physical movement, like working in the fitness. I, I feel like that's got to be another kind of challenge or another area where you can be creative. So what I want to know is to start with, 
how did you get involved kind of on the technical side of things you were you were a member of the program first and then you got in, it helped kind of working with uh, bj on creating content yeah um yeah it's actually a kind of a funny story um i was i i've been i've been following bj for geez probably six seven years now i mean I, uh, when he was at men's health, uh, you know, I had purchased like the DVDs that he put out through them. And, uh, you know, I, I, I followed him on social media and, you know, at some point I saw that he was moving across country and I was like, Oh, wow. You know, like he's, he's moving to California. That's kind of cool, man. Like what if someday, like I ran into him and that day actually happened. I, I was, uh, I had an afternoon sunset shoot in Malibu and so I was driving up and I pull over at the Starbucks just to kill time because I was a little early trying to bypass California traffic. And I'm pulling into the spot and I see this guy walking out with like super short shorts and a, and a muscle tee. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's, that's BJ Godore. And so like, I rolled down my window and I asked him, I'm like, are you, are you, are you BJ? And he's like, why, why? Yes, I am. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh. And so like, I, you know, I just, uh, yeah, I actually previously a month or two prior, um, cause he was just starting to launch his sleeves sold separately brand. Um, I had reached out saying I was a fan and I'd like to help them make a commercial, um, for his clothing line. And, uh, so I sent an email, like he, he got back to me, but, uh, he just said that they weren't ready at that moment. And I was like, cool. You know, I understand. So then, you know, a few months later, I run into him at that Starbucks and he's like, oh my gosh, Chris Warren. Yeah, I remember you from the email. He's like, he's like, we're about ready to pull the trigger. Uh, like, you know, nice, nice meeting you. Uh, I'm gonna, I'll send you an email in a couple of weeks. And I was like, cool, cool. And I was like, and I felt like a total fanboy at this moment. But I was like, you know what? My, my wife wouldn't believe that I met you. Could I get a, could I get a selfie with you? Because like, you know, I'm doing this guy's workouts. I have his DVDs, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm doing, I'm a member of the Daily BJ. So like my, my wife knows like of, of his name and like oh, has so seen cool. him and stuff. And then, so like, I'm like, I'm like, yeah. So I took a selfie with him and I, like I told her, she's like, no way you actually ran into him. I'm like, yeah, like, it's crazy. <laughs> and, um, and then, yeah, like, like a month later, uh, you know, he hits me up uh, and we just discussed like what he wanted to do and how he wanted to elevate his own content. And uh, yeah, we just discussed things. And uh, that's how like the live stream became, you know, became a thing. So I miss the live stream so much. I miss you, Chris, uh, Nina, the banter, everything going. <laughs> I mean, it was just such a great show. Like, uh, there, like during the pandemic, there were two things that I would tune in live for live sports and the live workout of the week, the, you know, get some gains, gorilla, all of it. I just, oh, I missed, I understand the reasoning for it, like not being there anymore, but I'm telling mm -hmm. you, like, that was like peak, like peak experience for me being a fan of the, the workouts. Like everything now is amazing too. Don't get me wrong. The workouts are still good, but the delivery and the meth, all of that, the live, you just can't, there's something about live TV. It's like being on a, on a, on a high wire with no net, you know, it's just, who oh, knows yeah. what's going to happen. Oh yeah. It, it was, it was a fun process. And like each week, um, you know, what was cool that, you know, BJ, BJ wanted to, to push it a little bit. He's like, Hey, you know, what, 
like, what if we did this? Or like, uh, what do you think if we did this? And I'm like, oh man, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm a cinematographer. I don't, I don't do live stuff, but yeah, we can try it. And I, like, I do some research and like, you know, maybe the next week or the week after I'd apply it. And so like, man, if you, I mean, I don't think they exist anymore on YouTube, but like, if you went to like January to like, you know, later in the year, you would just see a visual progression on like everything that like, I like add like a timer, a ticker and like the ads and doing music. And then, and then, uh, that like intro song, like I recorded and did, you know, made that. And now I'm still glad he's using that for his podcast, but like, yeah, it was just, it, it was a process, but uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. You know, it was like, it, it kept me busy and, and uh, you know, employed during the pandemic. And, and it was also motivating as well because, you know, I'd film those Wednesday morning. And then by the time I got home in the afternoon, you know, it was up on YouTube, I would just replay it. And then I would follow along later. And it's just like, so it helped keep me consistent with the workouts, you know? So. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, at, I, I viewed you in that point at, and I still, I mean, still value the same way, but I viewed you as being just as integral and as important to that whole process, the workout. Like I, you know, I, again, I, it was the three of you all together and hearing all of you working together and you behind the camera and, and making it happen and, and some of these amazing angles and things you were able to pull off. Like it was such a cool team effort that I think that it remove any of the cogs from any of the pieces and it just wouldn't have been as the same experience. So, um, so I mentioned, you know, you're, you're a member of the program and you also collaborate with BJ on his fitness content. So what I want to know is I've been following BJ, I think since 2019, you've, you've known him or been following him for longer, but what I want to know is what's one thing perhaps, you know, most people, if they're just following him, like on Instagram, or maybe if they're just following him through his website, uh, and his app, what's one thing uh, those people would not know about BJ, uh, you know, just from, just from their, uh, that's kind of surface level. Um, that man can eat. I will tell you that. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, like he, he enjoys his cheat days. And so, uh, I, I've been, I've been fortunate enough to, to join him on, on a few of those. And, uh, yeah, he can, he can, he definitely enjoys them. And, uh, but then another thing too, is that he's also just a really, really nice, sweet guy, you know, like, uh, like he's got his personality, but he's, he's just so cool and so nice. I mean, yeah, just one, one of the best, if not the best out there. That's great. I love to hear that. I love to hear that. I'm not surprised about, about either, either response. <laughs> All right. So, kind of starting to wrap things up. I've got a few more questions for you. What I want to know is kind of generally speaking, uh, what's next for you, Chris Warren and, and film music, fitness gains, anything, anything big for you on the horizon? I know you said you've got a couple albums, you've got a screenplay, any other creative endeavors you kind of see on the horizon? Um, creatively at this point, um, uh, I do, uh, I did launch a YouTube channel um so so that's that's in the works as well um just to try to um give some knowledge back to uh the filmmaking community because that's that's the focus of the youtube channel um so there's that um other than that is just kind of uh maintaining work 
um, keeping up with uh, the Gorilla Corn Game program as we enter in a new month here. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's already kind of a, a full time ende- endeavor between working out and work. I mean, that that's that's my time. <laughs> You're plenty busy. So I want to double back just a sec. So you have a new YouTube channel. I yes. want I'll put that in the show notes as well. You said this is for people in cinematography. Are you doing videos on teaching cinematography or what, what's going into this channel? Um, it's just more of a, I guess, general knowledge. So, so uh, you won't find out how to um, shoot or operate a camera at this point, just kind of more of a um, general, general knowledge at this point, like uh, discovering stuff as I discover stuff. Uh, I'll do some gear, gear reviews um, my plan is to eventually do some breakdowns on projects that I've shot. Um, there's BTS footage up on there for from a short film that I did. Um, just so it's just kind of general knowledge. Um, I'm still trying to discover the direction that the, uh, the that the YouTube is gonna uh, gonna go. So, um, but yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of my my plan right now. Um, it's definitely not a substitute for film school. Um, it, you know, I highly encourage if you really want to learn cinematography, go to somewhere else. Um, this is just kind of, uh, um, documenting my journey and hopefully educating some along the way. Hey, maybe someone will see it and it'll motivate them to go to film school. Maybe that's a good place to start. That'd be, that would be awesome. Somebody yeah. could, could follow in your footsteps, go to film school and, and, you know, forge their own path. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. So I said, I'm going to put a bunch of this stuff. I'm going to put some stuff in the show notes links. So the people have to remember this, but you know, for anybody who's, you know, listening to the show right now, where can listeners of knowledge brew Supreme, you know, if they want to find you or find out more about your cinematography, or if they want to find your new album, um, you know, they want to find your music, where could they go to do that? Um, If they, if they want to see my cinematography work, um, the best place is, is my website at uh, www.chriswarrendp.com. Um, if you, uh, my email is listed on there. If you want to reach out, if you if you want to see just more pictures, social media based, uh, my Instagram is a great way to uh, contact me as well. Um, my handle is cwdp112. Um, I post a frame of my work every Friday, just uh, you know, just to kind of show what I do also hopefully as a marketing as a tactic, you know, just to, um, just to kind of, let's see, where was I going with that? Just to try to, it also helps. Let me take that back. So I post a frame of my work every Friday. Um, what I do for that is that it helps, helps market myself, but it also helps me kind of look back to where I could scroll back on Instagram and see like, see my progression as well of, of the projects I've worked on and, and, you know, how that looked, you know, just a year ago, like, okay, you know, I was proud of that, or how can I do this better? So that, that's what I really like about Instagram. And then uh, as for, for music, um, my album is available on all digital streaming media platforms, uh, Pandora, Spotify, uh, Apple iTunes, Apple Music, um, Amazon Music, the band is Neutral Row, and the album is called The Infinite Struggle. And uh, 
John, I actually had a question for you. Since since you said you've listened to the album, uh, is there a, a song or a couple songs you like like more than than the others? Just yeah. curious. Give me one sec. Let me pull it up so I don't like butcher anything. I'm really <laughs> bad at remembering titles. So give me one sec. I have it saved on my Spotify, my favorites here. Nice. Okay, here we go. All right. I really like 25 cents. I love the line where he says, I don't want to sell. Was it sell my soul for 25 yep. cents a minute? Yep. That one really stuck to me. Like I was kind of walking around my backyard, hanging out with my dog. When I first heard that, I was like, oh man, that really hits hard. And I, I mean, it, you know, also, I mean, I, I think the first song blood and bones is really cool because it just like, that's when I knew like right away, I'm going to like this album. Like it hit me right in the gut. Like it was heavy. Cool. And so I mean, I liked every, I like all of the tracks, but I think the lyrics on 25 Cent, you know, really stood out to me. The first track really stood out to me because I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to this whole thing. There's no way I could stop listening to uh, this album now. So, and I kind of base music on that sometimes. Like I, I, you know, if I, if I haven't heard a song off the album and I'll put it on and I'm really hoping it'll catch me pretty quickly. And I, you know, your guitar riffs like right away, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. I know cool. I'm gonna like this, uh, and like I said, it sort of reaffirmed uh, reaffirmed my uh, my belief that there is good rock music out there, and especially because it reminds me a lot of the rock that I kind of grew up in listening to. Like I grew up, you know, in the '90s, and so I listened to like a lot of grunge, and later on, it got into you know things kind of like kind of evolved into like that kind of Creed, Nickelback ish sound that's. I know it's not necessarily popular nowadays, but you know it was really big when I was a kid. So I heard a lot of that stuff growing up, and it kind of reminded me of just all of that stuff that I grew up listening to. And uh, so it, it was a bit of nostalgia, and also a bit of a like, all right, cool. There's still good rock music being made. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep listening to it, especially on those heavy days, on especially maybe the uh, the full body workout for Gorilla Corn Gains. I need I need something heavy. Uh, to get me through so uh definitely we'll be uh be keeping that on repeat um cool. appreciate but, it man yeah of course thank you for asking a question i have one more question uh for you and i ask this of all of my guests on the show because i like to get uh, i like to get uh, uh new tips as well as also for the audience but what are you uh reading or watching or listening to these days is there like a show you can't stop watching a book you can't put down music you can't stop listening to or a podcast you really like anything you want to talk about yeah um music wise uh i've been enjoying uh so my favorite guitarist is mark tremonti uh of creed uh now alter bridge and he yeah. also has his, his solo band tremonti he actually just uh, released a new album back in September of 2021. And so uh, that's kind of been, been my current jam. Um, watching wise, uh, the wife and I, we need to, uh, we need to catch up on Ozark. Oh, uh, we're, we're looking same. forward to, to seeing season, four, uh, the first half of season four on that. Um, and then uh, reading, um, I actually just started reading 1984. So wow. uh, is it the first so, time you've read it? First time I've read it. So wow. yeah. So uh just kind oh. of balancing between you know all those and in, in my free time. So 
you and BJ should do a podcast. Make him read it too. And you guys could <laughs> jump on and do a podcast about 1984. I'd love to hear both of your thoughts about it. It's such a fantastic yeah. book. It is. I mean, I'm, I'm hooked already and I'm like, you know, 30 or 40 pages into it. Like I said, just started reading it. So wow, okay. Yeah. That's cool. That's when I go back and reread like once a decade. I feel like mm-hmm. I, I just have to come back to it. I think I read it for the first time when I was like 17 and it scared the shit out of me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, now like 17 years later, I'm like, oh, I might pick it up again <laughs> yeah. in you know, a few years. We'll see what now what the times are like. But yeah, right. <laughs> that's cool to hear. I'm almost jealous of to be you right now. I wish I could be you and read 1984 for the first time again. That's like a cool experience. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping like I want to want to get through it because uh, I know there was a, a film made, I believe that came out in like 84 or 85. Yeah. Yes. about it and uh it was actually shot by my favorite cinematographer at the uh Ooh. roger deacons and so that was one of his first big films and then uh then he got swept up with the cohen brothers and started shooting all that and i mean most recently roger deacons just shot uh 1917 so i mean oh, fantastic yeah fantastic yeah. war movie so i mean he's uh he's kind of the top top of the of his field at this point so uh so that's why i want to know i want to read the book before i watch one of his first feature films and so speaking of uh the coen brothers we're, we're getting close to the end here i'll let you go in just a moment but speaking of the coen brothers only one of them worked on this but did you see the macbeth uh, no the washington not uh, yet i want to as a cinematographer I feel like you would love it. It's amazing. It just looks incredible. Uh, and just, I'm sure, just as someone who likes film, I mean, it's got Denzel in it. I mean, it's got an amazing cast. I mean, uh, you know, all around, it's really great. So uh, check that one out uh, when, you, when you get a chance. It's Apple, Apple TV. It's That's like one of the more kind of like obscure uh, services, it seems like. Uh, these uh, days. Apple TV? I, I have that. So yeah, oh. I'll definitely check that out. And actually, it's funny that you mentioned how great it looks because it's actually nominated uh so there is a thing called the uh, the ASC. So if you ever see a cinematographer on a on any feature film, if you see three letters uh, ASC after their initials, you know it's it's uh, the American Society of Cinematographers, and uh, it, it's it's kind of like a frat. But if you're at the top of your game, that's that's those are the three letters you want after your name, and uh, it so there's the Oscars, but then there's the ASC awards. And if you're not, if you're nominated for the ASC awards, you're pretty much going to be nominated for the Oscars. And so Macbeth, uh, that Macbeth film, that cinematographer was actually just, uh, he was one of the ones nominated this year. So. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. If if I don't see any movies in the year, whenever those five movies are really, you know, are uh, the nominations are released, you know, I always see those and I always see the Oscar nominated films, you know, those, I make sure I see all those. Yes, same. Yeah, that's a good way to, yeah. The the Oscars aren't always, like the one, the the movie that wins the best Oscar, for example, isn't always necessarily the best movie, but if you watch the top top five, it gives you a nice pulse of kind of what film was like for Mm -hmm. that year. Um, Even if, you know, if it's not the winners, you can argue about that, sure, but at least gives you a good picture, so. Definitely. Very cool, very cool. All right, we are going to wrap things up. That's going to wrap this episode up, uh, folks. Thank you again so much, uh, Chris Warren, for for joining me today. Uh, I'm going to put a bunch of links in the show notes for uh, his cinematography website, his YouTube page, 
Instagram, uh, find the new album, uh, you know, um, for uh, Neutral Row. And uh, all of that good stuff will be there soon. So check it out. Please check it out. This makes episode 14 of Knowledge Brew Supreme. I'm your host, Dr. John Chansey. And my goal for this is to eventually get to 100 episodes. I want to go beyond 100, but I'm at least shooting for 100 for now. So that means I'm only 86 episode away, episodes away from that goal. Thank you for listening. Please share, subscribe, review. Don't hurt yourself or don't hurt anybody. Peace.